Praise Jesus. Written by Eric Lee Garcia. Audiobook version. HTTPS colon slash slash anchor dot FM slash Eric L Garcia slash embed slash episode slash chapter 9 Praise Jesus E1 P9 LB7. Plot synopsis. Alejandra's crew does a little pickup. The family prepares to welcome their newest member. Eric throws a little party with all his friends. 1. The cordial date 2. The masquerade disco, conclusion, 3. Incoming, continued, 4. Writing again 5. The birth of Brian 6. The 2 for 1 deal 7. Incoming, conclusion, 8. The pickup trucks. Extra thoughts. This chapter focuses on the growth of family. We get a glimpse of the Hernandezes and how life used to be for Ophelia and Andrew before Alejandro came into their life. We also find out the name of Andrew and Carol's baby which originally was not the one given. It originally was Bethany but the one given seems to fit a little better. Disclosure. Let me remind you that several storylines here are fictionalized slash fictional. This is not a biography or of any relation to real people, places, or things. Scene 1. The Cordial Date. 9.33 PM. November 3, 2048. Mexican music begins playing in the background. A man can be seen sitting down at a booth drinking what appears to be a beer but the place looks empty. The camera shows a top view and shows the place to be almost empty. A server walks by a table and sweeps up a table as this man stays in his place drinking the beer alone other than the music playing in the background. The camera shows an outside view and it shows that it's dark, so it must be near closing time. Leah exits the kitchen removing her apron. She stands for a second as if almost trying to catch her breath. She sighs to herself and begins walking to an empty booth. She sees the man drinking his beer alone and instead goes to his table. Leah. What are you still doing here stranger? Ray. I'm just relaxing you know. I have days where I just want to sip a beer or two to forget about it. Leah. I know what you mean. It's like I've been having those days more often than I used to. Ray. Take a seat. Please I insist. She hesitates but sits down anyways. Leah. Fine. I'll sit down. Only because you insisted. Ray. I thought I was going to have to beg and plead for you to sit down. Leah. That would have probably made my night. Ray. Hi. Nice to meet you. My name's Ray. Short for Raymundo. Leah. Does anybody ever actually call you Raymundo? Ray. Only my mom when she yells at me. Leah. Ha ha. Ray. Well, when she used to yell at me. Leah. I'm sorry to hear that. Ray. Don't be. She was a good woman that one, still is. Leah. Oh. I thought she was, sorry. Ray. It's okay. Leah. I lost my mom, about a year ago. She was the sweetest woman I ever met. God it's days like these that I wish she was here. I would have loved nothing more than to go visit her after work, you know? Ray. I know exactly what you mean. I visit my mom almost any chance I get. Leah. My mom always expected flowers every holiday. My dad would always tell us. Flowers for your mother every holiday even when it is birthday. One of the last conversations I had with her was about flowers. She said that she cherished those flowers always. She was glad that my dad taught us well. She would always say, when I die, don't bring me flowers. You all brought me enough flowers when I was alive. Ray. She sounds like a special woman. Leah. She was. She was my whole world that woman. Ray. Well, 
At least we had mothers. We should be thankful for that. Some people didn't even have mothers. Here's to that. He chugs the beer and puts the bottle down on the table. He stays looking at Sandra. Ray. I'm actually here because. Leah. Yeah, I know why you're here. You're here because you're a loser. Ray. Ha ha ha. Well, yeah, that's the main reason. Ha ha. You are just the sweetest little thing, aren't you? Leah. I try to be. Ray. I am, um, I wanted to talk to you. Leah. You already talked to me. Ray. Well, I wanted to tell you that I enjoyed our little chat is all. Leah. Are you leaving me? Ray. Not yet, not before I invited you out for dinner. Leah. Oh, um. Ray. Nothing too big. I'm a loser remember, losers don't make much money. It's just life you know? What do you say? Dinner and a little something extra after? Leah. What's the something extra after? Ray. I was thinking maybe the arcade. Leah. The arcade? Ray. Yeah, you know. An arcade. Leah. Where would we go eat? Ray. What about the Reb Lobster? Leah. I do like those buttered biscuits. Ray. Saturday night. It's a date. Leah. I didn't even say yes or no ha ha. Ray. I'll pick you up at 7 sharp. Leah. It's that Pacific or Standard Time? Ray. A little box of sunshine. Hey. You wouldn't happen to have a phone number, would you? Leah. Let me have that napkin. Yeah that one right there. She pulls a pen out of her pocket and begins writing a phone number on the napkin. She smiles and then hands it to Ray. Ray and Sandra smile at each other. Her cell phone goes off. She waves to Ray one final time. He waves back. The screen goes black. Dash. Scene 2. The Masquerade Disco, Conclusion. December 5, 2013. They all talk and smiling and begin walking out of the library. As they walk out, they see Robert crying and walking up and down the hallway. They all stare in shock. Eric speaks first. Eric. Um, hey buddy, you okay? Robert. No, no I'm not okay. Eric. What happened? Robert. What didn't happen today? My best friend in the whole fucking piece of shit world was caught with a pipe. Our pipe. We were about to light up and I needed to go to the bathroom. Damn it. And well, I left for about two minutes, and I begin walking back and see that there's a mall cop speaking to him behind the ROTC building. I stayed watching from afar as they walked together to the mall cop's golf cart. Do you even know how much in trouble he is? He's fucked. He's screwed. That pipe had residue. Drug paraphernalia. I'll never see him again. Nathan. Hey buddy, I'm sure Brandon will be F. Robert. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Do you all even have a remotely idea that my best friend just got fucked in the ass by the mall cops? Nobody gives a shit about this more than me. Fuck this. Fuck all of you. Fuck you especially Eric. He takes a deep and long breaths as he struggles to breathe. Eric. Why especially me huh? What's your problem with me? Robert. Everything about you. There's more that I don't like versus what I do like. Eric. I've been having to deal with your BS for years and I'm supposed to be your friend and you're supposed to be mine you, son of a bitch. Jerry whispers oh shit. Eric, continued. Look, I'm sorry that Brandon got in trouble. That sucks. He's my best friend too. You don't think this affects me too? 
you don't think I've told him countless times to get off that stuff and stay away from you. You are the problem, you have always been the problem. Robert. You told Brandon that? You told Brandon to stay away from me? How fucking weird because I thought we were supposed to be friends. Eric. What a friend you are. Don't guilt me into thinking we are friends because you haven't acted like a friend in years. I would listen to your nagging, to your whining. You don't know what it means to be a friend. I'm sorry if things at home aren't going well for you or whatever is wrong with you, because something is wrong with you. I don't know what it is because none of us know but I am confident that something is wrong with you. I only hope you get the help you need because we can't help you if you don't tell us what's wrong. Let's go guys. I'm going to give you a little piece of advice my friend, take, a, fucking, chill pill and you will be fine. You will be fine. Everyone stared in silence and they begin walking away together as Robert just stares almost blown away at what Eric just told him. The camera shows them walk away in unison with Nathan holding the poster. The camera shows Eric stay serious the whole time. He's not angry but almost relieved that he was able to do such a thing that he should have done many years ago. Eric, voiceover. When I told Robert to take a chill pill, I got chills. One of the greatest choices I ever made in my life. And I've made some bad ones, like we all do. Brandon wasn't arrested in a stroke of luck. He was sent to three months at Eep. It was basically a school where all the bad kids were sent to. He wasn't charged either and I'm glad for that. I messaged with him that afternoon on the ride home. He told me that Robert had sent him almost 50 text messages. I was a little worried but not entirely. The three months flew by. Nothing big happened those three months. Brandon was gone and Robert stopped hanging out with us. He started coming to school less. It was great. I couldn't complain. Christmas break came and went. Brandon texted me throughout all that telling me how after being at the other school he realized that I was right. He made a mistake and realized it pretty quickly. Drugs were never the answer. They never really are, much less when you're a sophomore in high school. He even spent his birthday at Eep. I missed my best friend but he made a mistake and needed to pay for it. There were a few times that we ran into Robert and he would just ignore us. He would walk past us and we walked past him. He'd show us those eyes that gave all of us chills. It gave everyone chills because now he had nothing and no one. Brandon even recently told me that he stopped talking to Robert altogether. These days couldn't be better if they tried. The screen goes black. Dash. Scene 3. Incoming, continued. 9.21 PM. November 3, 2048. The camera opens up with Smith pulling into a hospital parking lot. Alejandro sits in the back seat with her holding her hand as she screams and continues screaming. They bring Carol into the hospital and it shows a nurse check her pulse and they inject something into her as soon as they arrive. A complete silence. Alejandro and Smith watch as the nurse takes Carol in a wheelchair down the long white hallway as they go sit in the waiting area. They sit down and the camera switches to the entrance view showing Andrew come running in with three bags around him. Andrew? Is she okay? Alejandro. She's fine son. They have calmed her down. The nurse told us that they need a couple more centimeters for her to be able to give birth. Leah said she's on her way. Andrew. She called? Alejandro. No, I called her. This day is a very special day son. The whole family needs to be here. Andrew. Well, you have a point. Today is a special day. It's not every day that you become a father. Sir Smith. How are you feeling sir? Andrew. I feel a little too relaxed honestly. I feel like it just hasn't hit me yet. You know that feeling when you're a father? I haven't felt it yet. Sir Smith. Give it time, you'll feel it. Andrew. I'm sorry for asking, 
But do you have any kids Smith? Sir Smith. I do actually. They're grown already. One lives in California and the other lives in Wyoming. Andrew. Sons or daughters? Sir Smith. Two girls, two grown girls. They call every once in a while. They invest most of their time into their jobs, which is a good thing but you know, it wouldn't hurt if they called more often or even invited me to their home for a weekend. Andrew. So two daughters huh? That, that must have been tough. Baby girls are more expensive than baby boys or they say. Sir Smith. People say, I want a boy because I want somebody to continue my bloodline, no sir, I want a boy because he's cheaper and there's less drama versus little ladies. Alejandro. Oh Smith. Sir Smith. It's true sir. I'm sorry that I am a cheap bastard. My girls cost me a lot of money while they were growing up. Everybody tells you to be ready when they're born, to be ready when they graduate high school, to be ready when they go to college, you're never quite ready for that. Sometimes I wish I had more time with them. They grew up so fast and flew away. Andrew. I sure hope my baby girl doesn't fly away too soon. Alejandro. We can all only hope for the best son. Sir Smith. They all do sooner or later, but the point that I'm trying to get across is to cherish every day with your children. The days you'll remember are the days you wish you could relive. A nurse begins walking towards them. The camera shows her approach all of them sitting down in the waiting room. She begins speaking. Nurse. Which one of you is the Mr. Hernandez? Andrew stands up shaking a bit from all the nervousness. Andrew. That'll be me. Nurse. Well sir, your wife has been sedated for a while because she was being a bit loud. Camera immediately switches to a male nurse walking in a hospital hallway. He hums to himself. He checks a chart outside of a room and enters. The camera shows the inside of the room showing the doctor speaking to someone who is breathing a little heavy and frustrated like. Male nurse. Looks like I'll be your nurse for tonight ma'am. How are you feeling? Woman. How the fuck do you think I'm feeling? I'm in pain. Camera shows that woman is Carol. Carol. My head feels like it's going to explode and you're the second nurse to come in here. Am I being too difficult? Did the first nurse think I was a bitch because I was being a bitch but that doesn't give her a right to just give me another nurse, does it? Male nurse. Well, actually sweetheart, I'm here because the other nurse's shift ended. Carol. Oh. Male nurse. Calmly. We are going to take care of you Mrs. Hernandez. Everything is going to be fine ma'am. Carol. That's what that other bitch said. I'm just getting tired of hearing it. Male nurse. Ma'am, relax, please. Carol. Loudly. If you want to switch places with me and have this fucking baby, you let me know, Mr. Nurse. The camera shows the expression on male nurse's face. It's a calm one shockingly. Male nurse. Excuse me, I'll be right back. The nurse exits the room. Carol. Hmm, another one leaving me here with this unbearable pain. Male nurse returns and enters the room. Male nurse. I'm sorry for being so rude earlier. How could I know that everything will be fine? I obviously can't know that. I have a little something for that pain. The camera shows a needle in a little package. Carol. What will that do? Male nurse. It'll make all the pain go away. Carol. You promise? Male nurse. I promise that everything is going to be okay. It's just a little something to calm your nerves. You're not the first mother to start freaking out Miss Hernandez. We had some woman almost choke out a nurse once. You see some strange things working in a hospital. 
Carol. Oh, well that makes me feel a little better. The camera switches to the waiting area with Alejandro, Smith, and Andrew sitting patiently. Alejandro's phone rings and he checks it and ignores it. Andrew. If you need to take a phone call, you can take it dad. Alejandro. It's, it's not important. Well, it is important, but you need me here. My family needs me here. Andrew. Well, I'm glad that you're here with me dad. You too Smith. Is it normal to feel anxious? Smith. If you think you're anxious, imagine Carol's son. She's the one that's going to suffer. Remember to remain calm when they call you in. She's going to tell you things that you never thought you would hear but she won't mean any of it. The camera shows the male nurse walk towards them. Male nurse. Mr. Hernandez? Andrew. Yes? Male nurse. Your wife was just given a sedative to relax because she made a nurse cry, but don't worry, the situation has been handled. Andrew. She, she what? She made a nurse cry? Male nurse. It was a new nurse in training wheels so they aren't used to that kind of pressure but she'll be fine. Your wife is fine now and should be ready to give birth in about an hour or so. We'll alert you before we take her in. Andrew. Thank you. Male nurse walks away. As soon as he walks away, Leah enters in her uniform from the restaurant with Brian by her side. Leah. Hi Andy, oh my gosh how's everything going with Carol? I rushed over here when dad called to tell me she was brought in. Leah greets Andrew first. Secondly, she hugs Smith lastly proceeds to hug Alejandro too. Brian shakes Smith's hand with an almost made up handshake. He then goes for a bear hug on Alejandro and it's returned. Alejandro. Little rascal. How's my boy doing? Brian. I was about to beat my high score on that game you told me about grandpa, but then mom said I had to come here too. It's a cousin you know. I shouldn't be upset but, I was this close to beating my high score. Really really close. Andrew. And it's a good thing you aren't because I'm going to hold my baby for the first time today man. I'm glad you all are here in support. I, I don't know what I'd do without you all here. Moral support is underrated. Carol is great. She um, haha, she um, she made a nurse cry in the back apparently. Leah. Our sweet Carol made a nurse cry? Andrew. I wouldn't necessarily say sweet because these past two weeks she's been driving me insane. Leah. Oh Andy, it's, it's the hormones. The hormones make us feel crazy. I still remember I almost choked out Adam in his sleep. Now that I think about it, it wouldn't have been such a terrible thing you know. Brian. Wait, what? Leah. Nothing, nothing. I should've. Andrew chuckles. Leah. No, but Andy, the hormones, those hormones drive some woman to go insane, and not regular insane. Tell me you didn't explode on her. Andrew. Well. Leah. Andy, when did you explode on her? Andrew. Tonight. Leah. Tonight? Oh my god. Tell me that's not why she's here. Andrew. No, no, no. We were both having dinner and I exploded after she exploded and she left me stranded at the restaurant. Then, she called an Uber to take her to dad's place. While there, they calmed her down. They gave her ice cream and the whole fiasco. A while later, she got up and walked into the kitchen, and that's when her water decided to break. She called me screaming like a maniac telling me what I needed to do. It's been a rough night for both of us really. Leah. Oh wow. How did you react dad? Alejandro. I can't sit here and lie to you, but I was scared too. Smith was more calm than me. 
He gave birth to kids. I've never experienced these things myself before. Brian. Me neither. Alejandro. Trust me buddy, it was scary. Brian. I wouldn't know, I wasn't there. It sounds exciting. Nothing like a pregnant woman running a Mac. Smith. More scary than exciting really. Little man. Alejandro. Hey, next time your Uncle Andy decides to have a baby, I'll make sure you're there with us to see how scary it really is, right Andy? Andrew. I, I'll see if Carol wants a second one, so yeah ha ha. By the way, what game did Grandpa get you into this time little guy? Brian. Galaga. It's from the 80s or the 70s I think. Andrew. I haven't played that game since, college I think. It's a classic. We would compete with each other and stay up late at night playing that old game. Brian. It's awesome. The simplicity, the spaceships, the colors. It's a spectacle. Alejandro. Hey, if you don't beat your high score today, you can beat it another day. There's always tomorrow son. Brian. Yeah, that's what mom said to me. Alejandro. That means your mother is saying what she needs to say. Leah. Hey, I do the best I can do, I always have. Leah smiles as the screen goes black. Dash. Scene 4. Writing again. 8.26 AM. March 1, 2014. The scene changes to Eric's high school. It shows all the students going through the hall crowded as always. The sun is barely rising so classes are just starting. Everyone walks to their first class of the day. The environment is the same as always, full of people wishing they weren't there, except Gabby and Eric's Spanish teacher. The teacher's smile shines brighter than the sun that enters the classroom. Eric is already seated down in class early like a good boy would be. He smiles as Gabby enters right before the bell rings. She hugs him before she quickly sits down. Eric blushes but tries to hide it by covering his face. Gabby. Ha ha, what? Eric. Nothing. Gabby. I don't normally hug you, do I? Eric. Not often enough in my opinion, but no, you usually don't. Gabby. Hmm, maybe, maybe it's cause I'm in a really good mood, I don't know. Eric. What got you into such a good mood today? Gabby. Well, I think it was when I traded some kid on my bus my PB&J sandwich for a strawberry Pop-Tart. It was a good ass Pop-Tart. It could have also been that I actually fell asleep really early yesterday. Eric. So that explains why you left me on read. Gabby. Pretty much. This week has had me like uck. I haven't even told you the best news. You know what day is coming up right? Eric. Thursday? Gabby. No silly, it's my birthday. It's coming up next week. Eric. Oh yeah. Teacher. Shh. Eric. Sorry Mrs. Cantu. Gabby. I wonder if my boyfriend is going to get me anything. We've only been going out for like three weeks so I don't really know if he should get me a gift you know. Eric. Makes sense if he doesn't get you anything. Gabby. Well, yeah but that doesn't mean I wouldn't mind a little card or something. A nice handwritten card would work for him to be on my good side. Eric. But it'd also be kind of rude that he didn't get you anything because it's not like you all barely started going out yesterday. Gabby. Now that's another point. I like that one more. It makes the most sense. Eric, voiceover. How have you been? I can honestly say things are slowly getting back to normal, barely. Christmas break came and went and then Valentine's came and now we're in March. 
Wow. I stopped writing for about three months. Ever since one of my best friends, Brandon, got in trouble and got sent to another school. Then of course there's my best friend, the girl of my dreams is going out with some other guy. His name is irrelevant really but it breaks my heart regardless thinking that this girl is holding someone else's hand when I believe that it could be mine. I try not to let it get to me. I can't let it get to me. She means something but I can't do anything about it anymore. Sooner or later, she'll probably catch on that I don't like that guy but I'd prefer to have it any other way for the moment. It started about three weeks ago when she met this guy. They've been inseparable. I can't lie and say he's a bad guy because he isn't. I hang out with them enough to know he isn't a bad guy. I have nothing but good things to say about that guy actually. I guess you can say I'm part of the problem. The scene becomes a montage of Eric walking in the hallway with different people. Gabby and an unnamed guy holding hands, Nathan and Luis, Jerry and Brian, Silver and Miguel, in that order. Luis is still the same guy he's always been. He actually got into a fight with some other guy for some guy calling him little man. I was there when it happened. Luis won by the way. Nathan, well, him and Luis are probably more friends than me and him. We all hang out but without Brandon, the group kinda diverges from time to time. Brian and Jerry are friends now too which is a good thing since we all like playing poker. Silver and Miguel tend to be more calm, which I like. Miguel recently got a 100 on a geometry test. He did better than me and Silver and I weren't having it. We thought of stealing his backpack and throwing everything away inside, but instead, we got him a cake in celebration of his perfect 100. We still think he cheated, but it's just a theory so far. And Robert, well, he's where he belongs. Alone. He sits at a table alone with a hoodie on every day since I put him in his place. He never gets lunch only breakfast and he stares at me often. He never looks away. I feel his presence almost always. Going back to the beginning, Brandon should be coming back soon, so I guess there's that to look forward to. The scene switches to a table with Eric, Luis, Jerry, Brian, Silver, and some guy with a high school jersey. He looks like a jock in the making. Jersey boy for now. The poker cards begin to be passed out by Eric who shuffles the cards in the air almost perfectly. Eric. I told you guys it took me a whole summer to know how to do this. Luis. Now the rules are all the same right? Jerry. Yes sir. Same entry fee. $3 to play for a total of $18. Cash money. Eric. What that guy said. Jersey boy. Do you guys play this all the time? Silver. When we have time. Eric. Which is like, all the time. Jersey boy. I feel like we're in prison right now, and we're betting a ramen noodle for dinner. Eric. We can if you want, but for now we just stick to quarters. Jerry. Just chill out there Jersey boy. We'll get you a ramen. Jersey boy. Bro, just call me by name. Number 67. Brian. Doesn't your jersey say number 76? Jersey boy. Oh shit, number 76. Ha ha. It's backwards. Luis. Damn it Jersey boy. Jersey boy. Hey hey, you all need to chill out. I come in peace. We can all be friends up in here. Eric voiceover. Oh, well we got some new guy to play cards with us. His name is ironically Brandon also but we all call him Jersey boy. He's a football player so he has the tendency to think that he's better than us sometimes. He thinks he's some cool guy for some reason but he's no one. We are all losers and we are all winners. Of course it would nice to be an elite of the school. Who wouldn't want to be one of the elites in this school? Who wouldn't want to be somebody? I think everybody dreams of being someone bigger than they actually are just to make themselves feel good.
I've never been guilty of such a thing but maybe it's something everyone experiences sooner or later. Eric. Call, raise, or fold? The screen goes black. Dash. Scene 5. The birth of Brian. The screen distorts and shows the same hospital that was shown earlier except it looks a little different. The camera follows through the waiting area that everyone waited at earlier. It shows Andrew and an older looking couple entering the hospital. Andrew looks younger and with long hair, almost looking like a young Steve Jobs. The camera shows the older couple laugh as Andrew and them have a conversation of sorts. The hospital is the same as the present day hospital but the interior decorations are far different than what they are present day. The couches are different couches. The paint on the wall is a different color. The only thing that is still the same is the floor pattern. White pearly looking floor. In this time period of course, the floor looks much brighter and shinier than present day. A little more than 13 years ago. March 19, 2035. Andrew. Are they almost here yet? Older lady. Adam said they were on their way. Older man. I'm sure they're pulling into the parking lot as we speak son. Andrew. It's, it's crazy isn't it? I'm almost an Oxford man, well I still got about 3 years, Sandy's having her baby. Dad got a promotion at work. Mom won second in that marathon. So many good things going on, it makes me think why even leave, you know? I can finish my studies more closer to home. Older man. Oh son, you'll be fine. We miss you all the time here but college only comes once in a lifetime. You were one of plenty to be handpicked for this grant. You can't walk away from that. Andrew. I just miss you guys all the time when I'm gone. As the days go on and on, I worry about law school after two. Where am I going to work you know? Will I be a good lawyer? Will I pass the bar exam? Older lady. Oh mijo, don't even worry about that yet. You still got two years and change for you to even worry about that. Relax and enjoy yourself until then. Maybe next time join me in a marathon. The camera exits the hospital quickly and turns left towards a red vehicle with a couple barely pulling in. It's Adam and Leah. Ophelia has bangs and Adam has a little beard going on. Leah is 19 in this time period flashback. Adam is 20 years old because he's always been a year older than Leah. Adam unbuckles his belt quickly and exits the car to go help Leah. Leah. Woo woo woo. Swanson. Baby, baby, baby we're here. Leah. Get your ass over here and help me get off this shit car. Swanson. Wait wait, shit car? I thought you liked my jeep? Leah. We should have gone with the, the yellow minvin. Woo woo. She continues wheezing. Swanson. This car was way better than that baby. You're just, you're just trying to hurt me and for some reason you think it doesn't hurt me. I'm not made of steel. Leah. I would never hurt you because I love you you fucking idiot. Walk your ass into the hospital and ask for a wheelchair. Move it. Swanson. Okay. Okay. I'll be right back baby. Swanson begins walking towards hospital. Leah. Faster. Swanson starts running and runs inside hospital skipping past Andrew and his parents, the Hernandezes. He stops immediately with the front desk lady. Swanson. I got a very pregnant woman and I need a wheelchair. Pronto. The love of my life is about to give birth to our beautiful baby boy. Holy shit. I'm about to be a dad. Ha ha. I'm about to be a dad. I'm about to be a fucking dad. Swanson falls to the floor passing out as Leah enters the hospital with the help of Andrew and her family. Woman nurse. Everything is going to be okay ma'am. Let's get you into your room. What's your name sweetie? Leah. 
Ophelia, Ophelia Hernandez. Well, actually as of today I'm, whoa. The camera swipes and shows her in a hospital room as her family looks on as she lays calmly in bed. Mrs. Hernandez. As of today you're what dear? Leah. Adam proposed to me today. Mr. Hernandez. Well, looks like love is still alive in these younger generations. Mrs. Hernandez. Oh my gosh honey that's so beautiful. My baby girl is engaged to the man of her dreams. Well, what did you say? Are you a Swanson? Leah. You know I had to say yes. He's the perfect man in every way. He's amazing. I know he'll be nothing but a good father. My poor baby passed out from excitement. Andrew. He's something all right. What a man to pass out from excitement. Leah. Hey, leave my man alone Andy. You might pass out when you kids one day. Andrew. Me? Kids? We'll see about that. I might not even have kids one day. Leah. That's what everyone says. Maybe you'll change your mind. Andrew. I guess we'll see now won't we? I think it's great you guys are engaged. I'm happy for you sis. Swanson is as best as they come. Mr. Hernandez. That kid is going places. I see it. Mrs. Hernandez. Oh yes. Definitely. I see it too. Andrew. Is it too late to say I was kidding? Swanson walks into the room. Swanson. Hey Broski, you can't be holding a grudge against me because I kicked your ass at Trivial Pursuit. You lost fair and square Oxford. We have to move past that. This throwing shade at me is going too far and as a father to be I cannot allow it. Obviously, everyone in this room knows I'm not nice. You know it and I know it ha ha. Mr. Hernandez. Let my boy know that you will not be disrespected Swanson. Stand your ground. Real men do. He takes a slight pause. Mr. Hernandez. Look at you kids. My kids. You two make your mother and I so proud. My one kid on break here back at home and the other about to give birth to a baby boy. God knows I only wished happiness for you all in this room. I know that a great future awaits Leah and my son-in-law, well, welcome to the family young man. You're basically in Hernandez now. And once in Hernandez, always in Hernandez. The screen goes black. Dash. Scene 6. The two for one deal. 7.37 PM. March 17, 2014. The smell of a barbecue is in the air. The camera shows smoke flowing through the air. A crowd of Eric's friends are shown laughing and talking. We see that it's Eric's house that they are at. They are all in Eric's garage and driveway. The camera goes towards Jerry who is seen making the barbecue. He flips the slice of fajita over as though the sizzling can be heard in the background. Eric walks over to stand next to Jerry. Jerry. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Eric. How's the food looking man? Jerry. It's going to be great pa. You smell that? Eric. It smells really good bro. It was a smart idea to let you make the food. Jerry. There's nobody that can make a better fajita and chicken than me baby girl. Nathan. Hey buddy, how's the food coming along? Eric. Almost done baby boy. Nathan. RRRRRRR. Okay. The camera shows Luis and Brian playing pool with each other. Silver and Nathan continue playing their game of chess. Gabby and her boyfriend arrive together and they hold hands as they walk up Eric's driveway. Gabby. Hi Eric. Eric. Hey Gabby. How's my bestie doing? Gabby. I'm doing good. I'm glad you invited us. Eric. Of course. 
I had to invite every one of my friends. How you doing Christian? Christian. I'm good, I'm good. Thanks for the invite also. I asked Gabby if it was okay to come to and she said yes so you know, I came. He notices Jerry making the barbecue. Christian. Hey, don't I know you? Jerry. No. Christian. Are you sure? Jerry walks away and shows nothing but a serious face trying to give him tell-tell signs that he doesn't like him one can assume. Silver walks over to all of them. Silver. Hey bro, where do you have your bathroom? Eric. It's that room right over there. Silver. Ha, I thought it was a storage room. Thanks bro. Eric. I'm glad you guys are here, the more the merrier. Go have a seat and watch the chess match or the pool game. Everybody take turns. Luis. Chill out son. Eric. Don't make me go in there ha ha. Luis. Damn it Brian. Who's next? Brian. Hey, it's not my fault that I'm talented. Gabby. I can go since you need a worthy challenger. Brian. Let's see what you got. The camera shifts to Eric patiently waiting as he looks out of the driveway as if almost waiting for someone. A car pulls up to his house and he tells everyone to stop what they're doing and start clapping as the person begins exiting the vehicle. It's Brandon. He blushes from everyone continuing to clap for him. Some even start wooing. Brandon. What's this man? Eric. It's a little get together I brought together so we could celebrate you coming back to school. When you told me that you were coming back next week, I thought, why not throw him a little welcome back party? We got barbecue on the grill, pool, chess, and rap music playing in the background. Not my decision because I wouldn't play this type of music but here we are. Nathan. Hey. It's my phone. Eric. Yeah we figured. Welcome back bro. Eric and Brandon have a half handshake slash half hug. Brandon. I'm glad to be back man. I can't wait to go back. I've missed all you guys. Oh shit, Brian's here too. Hey Brian. Brian. I'm still not sure if I missed you buddy. Jerry. Damn Brian, that's cold. Don't listen to him Brandon, he missed you. He cried for a week. Brian. I, I cried a little. Jerry. The food's ready everyone. The camera shows everyone help in putting the pool table cover over the pool table and they put chairs all around it. The food is put in the middle and plates are passed around. Seated in order, Eric in the short section and to the right in the long section, Gabby, Christian, Brian, Silver, to the other short section of the pool table is Luis, and lastly, to Eric's left in the long section is Brandon, Nathan, Jerry, and Miguel. Eric smiles as everyone gets food for themselves. The camera switches to Eric's POV. He looks at everyone starting with Gabby. He smiles for a while at her. She smiles back. Eric, voiceover. I couldn't ask for a better set of friends than these right here. I couldn't sit here and say hey all of them didn't have certain things that upset me. I stayed looking at Gabby at how she sat next to me in Spanish class since the beginning of freshman year and now she sat next to me at my little get together. Brandon was back and better than ever. He hadn't mentioned Robert and he didn't at all. I was happy. My best friend was free of Robert as we all were. We were free of his constant negativity. Life couldn't be better. And this food, smelled good. Eric. Guys, before we eat, I just to let you all know what you mean to me. You all are my friends and I couldn't ask for better friends than you all. I appreciate you all and I hope we can do this again sometimes because days like this don't come too often. Brandon, buddy, school hasn't been the same without you. Nathan constantly brings you up, 
I wouldn't be surprised if he had a little crush on you. It's a tragedy really because I might have a crush on Nathan. Ha ha. Nathan laughs and mutters what the fuck? As he laughs for a moment. Eric. Jerry, you're almost like family to me man, thanks for making the food. I'm sure it's good. Luis, thanks for bringing the laughs to the table. Silver, thanks for always beating me at everything. I couldn't ask for a better competition than that. Miguel, thanks for effortlessly always beating me and Silver at everything. I wish I was like you sometimes because you don't even try but somehow you're smart. Brian, you need to let others win in games for once. I swear this guys doesn't let anybody win ha ha. Christian, thanks for making my bestie a happy girl. I see the way she smiles and looks at you so obviously you're doing something right. Gabby, I'm glad I met you, I don't know where I'd be if I had never met you. Happy birthday Gabriella. Brandon, buddy, we all missed you. We wouldn't have this here today if it weren't for you. I know the past months haven't been the best but we'll get through this my friend. Anyways, I hope you enjoy this little dinner that I had set for both your birthday and Brandon's return. Gabby. Just to clarify, Eric said he has a cake. I think it's only fair that I get the biggest piece. Eric. You all heard the woman ha ha. Let's eat the food guys. There's rice, potato salad, and chips I think. Nathan. So, this is fajita fajita right? Jerry. Bro this isn't Taco Bell, of course it's fajita fajita. Luis. It smells like fajita fajita. Brian. It's good as fuck Jerry. Jerry. That's why Eric let me make it. My girl knows that no one can cook like me. If we had let someone else cook, they probably would have tarred the shit out of it. Silver. Hey, it's hard to make a good cookout. Eric. Jerry will say it isn't but it is. I've tried once or twice and tarred the food. Jerry. Hey Eric, you know what we forgot to buy? Eric. What? Jerry. We should have bought some corns. Eric. Aw oh, man. Corn would have helped. We got some salsa inside if you guys want some. Let me get it. I almost forgot. Gabby. Aw, oh, he's so cute. Luis. Ha hoo ha ha ha. Gabby. How is that funny? He is. I think it's great that we all came together as being friends of Eric. I haven't known him as long as any of you, but I know he means well. He tells me about his push-ups every morning. He calls me beautiful every morning even though I'm only wearing eyeliner. He makes my day better really. Eric always knows how to make me laugh and, make me feel, special. Gabby stares into the air realizing something that everyone else already knows. Everyone looks at each other as if realizing that she now knows the big secret. Eric. I got the salsa guys. It's from Aguilar so you all can know that it's fresh. Why is everyone so quiet? Brandon. Gabby was just reminding us of how great of a friend you are. I'm glad that I became friends with that little chubby kid in second grade. He always knew how to make my day. One of the oldest friends I've ever had and that I'm ever to have. Nathan. I think I met Eric in seventh grade? He was so shy when I first met him but he got out of his shell. He knows what I'm talking about. He is cute look at him. Eric. Aw oh, stop it man you're going to make me blush. Jerry. I'll never forget meeting Eric in PE the first day of middle school. We were two of the last runners during the laps that they would make us run. He made me feel less alone. Thanks for not letting me run alone and be the last kid to finish the running. Luis. I'll never forget meeting him in last year during lunch. He was wearing a thick jacket leaning up against the wall. He looked like some kind of badass with slicked back hair. Oh how times have changed. Silver. I remember that. 
when he had his famous cowlick on. I'll never forget meeting you in fifth grade in Mrs. Silva's class, that's when the games really started. Brian. You're a funny guy my friend. I almost feel bad for not liking you the first time I met you. I thought you were annoying but I have grown to like you. Christian. Well, I don't really know you Eric but you seem like a guy whose heart is in the right place. Thanks for being you. Gabby. Thanks for letting me feel special because God knows I'm not that special. Thanks for, thanks for being there for me anytime I needed someone to be there for me. You really are a great friend. Eric. Oh you guys are too much. We aren't here for me. We are here for my bro Brandon and to wish Gabby a happy birthday. It's their day, not mine. All this food and the games coming after the food are in celebration for these two. Cheers to the guy that had an afro in first grade and cheers to the girl who I met on the first day of sophomore year. They're both special people to me and always will be. Brandon. Thanks man. Thanks for everyone being here. I know I don't know you all very well, but you guys are Eric's friends which makes you all my friends too. Nathan. RRRRRRR. Brandon. Fucking Nathan ha. The camera slowly pans out as everyone continues laughing and eating around the pool table. Dash. Scene 7. Incoming, conclusion. The camera opens up to the hospital with Andrew, Alejandro, Smith, Leah, and Brian in the waiting room. Leah. Hey Andy, is the same hospital that I gave birth to Brian? Andrew. Yeah, it is. I had almost forgotten but now that you mention it, yeah it was. They've changed the interior design and it was a different paint job outside years back. Leah. Wow. 13 years ago. Andrew. Brian's growing up so fast isn't he? Leah. He is. He really is. Alejandro. Well, now for the million dollar question son? Andrew. What's up dad? Alejandro. Any ideas for her name? Andrew. Carol had wanted to name her Bianca. Leah. Bianca? Andrew. Yeah, Bianca. It's a nice name. Leah. That's a terrible name. Andrew. I know. I told her it was a terrible name and she started crying, so I told her I'd think about it. I haven't grown to like it but you know. The male nurse begins walking towards them and Andrew jumps in excitement and begins following him. He smiles as he looks back at everyone. Male nurse. She's screaming and they haven't even asked her to push yet. Andrew. That's my girl. Male nurse. Here, put this on. We'll be ready in less than 10. Go right ahead sir. I'll catch up. Andrew walks in to hear Carol screaming and trying to catch her breath. Andrew. Baby? Carol. Ah, baby, hi. Uck. 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 I feel the baby ready to come out. Andrew. The nurse said in 10 minutes baby. You look beautiful. You're glowing. Carol. Aw baby. Uck. I love you. Woo woo. Andrew. I love you. What should we name her? Carol. Bianca is such a terrible name. I'm sorry that I cried about it but fuck that ugliest name ha ha. I don't know what's wrong with me but I'm craving some sherbet right now. Andrew. Hey, baby, it's okay. Everything is going to be okay. I promise that after this we can go get whatever flavored ice cream you want. All I ask is that you give birth to our baby girl first. He holds Carol's hands as she slowly begins to calm down. Carol. You promise? Andrew. I promise. Carol. Thank God. Hey, I've been doing some thinking. 
Let's go with Al. You're Al. Your name? Andrew. Okay. I'll tell them when it's time. Doctor and nurse enter the room. Doctor. How are you doing Mr. and Mrs. Hernandez? Carol. Hi doc, nice to see you. Let's just get this baby out of me asshole. Ow. The baby's coming. The doctor looks at Carol's cervix and Andrew lets go of Carol's hand to go take a peek as well. Andrew. Oh God. I don't think things will ever be the same after this. Doctor. You get used to it. Andrew. What's that? Doctor. That's the baby's head. We're going to need you to give a couple of pushes Mrs. Hernandez. The baby's head could already be seen so that's a good sign. Carol. Uck. Motherfucker. You did this to me Andrew. Uck. Andrew looks in shock as he's looking at the baby come out. He runs back to hold Carol's hand. He then lets go immediately and goes back to seeing the progress of the baby. Andrew. We can see her torso. Why is there a lot of blood coming out? Doctor. That's normal. A little more Carol. The camera shakes side to side and falls back on the floor facing the ceiling and the screen fades in and out and then goes black. The camera opens up with the whole family around Carol holding the baby girl in her hands. Carol looks almost relaxed compared to how she's been recently. The camera shows Andrew waking up on the one-seater couch because he passed out at seeing so much blood. He gets up quickly and is congratulated by everyone. Sir Smith. Congratulations sir. Smith gives him a hug. Leah. Congrats bro. Mom and dad would have loved to be here. I mean. Alejandro. No, no. It's okay. I know they were your parents. Please don't hesitate to call them mom and dad in front of me. They were your parents and always will be. Leah. They would have loved to be here to see your baby girl. They were lucky enough to see Brian. The doctor told us at how you passed out from seeing so much blood? Andrew. Blood gets me nervous. When do I ever see that much blood? Leah. Looks like Adam wasn't the only one to pass out. I still remember he passed out at the front desk getting a wheelchair for me. He made it through me giving birth though. My brother of all people passing out. What a night. Alejandro. Son, you're a father now to a beautiful baby girl. I know you'll do what's right for her. Come here my boy. Alejandro hugs Andrew and pats him on the back. Andrew. All I can say with everything turning out okay is praise Jesus. I'm glad that nothing bad happened and my baby gave birth to a beautiful baby girl. Brian. What's her name Uncle Andy? Andrew. Aphrodite. Aphrodite Hernandez. Leah. I love it. After the Greek goddess? That's beautiful. Carol. And he has to take all the credit for that one. He always loved reading about Greek mythology. Alejandro. Aphrodite, the goddess of love. I love it. She'll have lots of won't she? Everyone laughs and smiles as Andrew goes to pick up the baby and to hold her for the first time in his arms. He smiles at the baby. The camera shows everyone smiling and looking on at Andrew. The camera walks away slowly and the screen fades black. Dash. Scene 8. The pickup trucks. 9.01 AM. November 11, 2048. The screen is split into three and shows all the phases. Phase 1, George and Gustavo. Phase 2, John and Julio. Phase 3, Marco and Palmita. They each appear to be driving in a not-so-new pickup truck. George is driving in Phase 1, John is driving in Phase 2, and Palmita is driving in Phase 3. The camera shows a montage of several packages being hidden inside the pickup trucks. 
from under the seats, to under the pickup trunk, inside the radio, anywhere it could be hidden. Some of it was put under the carpet of the floor. The camera shows George pulling from the other side of the border. He waits in line with Gustavo looking a bit flustered. George. What? What's on your mind Gustavo? Gustavo. To get to the other side of the border, that's what's on my mind. George. Relax home skillet. We got guys at the border. Alejandro planned for all of this. Hell, I wouldn't be surprised if the Don had microphones installed in this truck. Gustavo. That would be a waste of time. Maybe a GPS on the vehicle but not a microphone. George. I don't know Gustav. You can never be too sure. It sounds like something sketchy the Don would do. Gustavo. Oh kid, he's always been sketchy. Mysterious man. He's unpredictable in the best way possible. He's the one that keeps everyone next to him happy. The only person who has come close to his stature is Don Rogelio but Don Alejandro is better than him in the most respectable way I can say it. He has power only you and me dream of. It's no surprise that he's our boss and I'm not the boss. I'm too weak. Crossing a border with illegal shit never used to get me nervous, but, I haven't done it in so long. It gets me nervous. Look at me, I'm sweating. I never sweat. He's confident. I'm not confident. I've never been the confident type. I'm sweating, like a madman even fully well knowing that we are going to cross and that everything will be fine. George. You need to chill the fuck out Gustav before I get anxiety. And that anxiety shit, ain't no fucking joke. If I get anxious, it's going to be on you. Gustavo. Weeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeeee
He adjusts his sunglasses and the dog continues smelling around the vehicle. The dog doesn't signal that there is anything inside the vehicle. BP agent. You look a bit nervous Tio Gustavo. Gustavo. Well, it's a little hot you know. Nothing like the air conditional. BP agent. Aha. Is your sister going to pull through? Gustavo. Well, we're hoping she pulls through. We can only pray and hope for the best you know. She's in God's hands now. BP agent smiles. He signals the dog to go back inside the cubicle. BP agent. Have a safe trip back home you too. All cleared. Here's your ID back. He hands back the ID to George as he gets up close to George. BP agent. I know you work for Don Alejandro, but I have cameras watching all of us from different angles and whatnot. I have to play it off or they'll see something suspicious. George. Well did you have to get us out in this fucking heat? BP agent. I'm just doing my job kid. Go. Give my regards to the Don. Sorry about the heat but we're all burning up out here. Next. Gustavo. Why yes, Thu thank you son. Have a um, a, um, a good day. BP agent walks back into the cubicle. Gustavo and George begin crossing the border. George. Fucking asshole. It ain't even a little hot, it's burning hot. Now I'm sweating like a nervous wreck. Gustavo. Let's hope everybody else makes it across safely. The sun appears to be shining but shining less than it usually is. The camera shows Marco and Don Rogelio pull up in their little pickup to a warehouse previously seen in Staredown, where Morale's body was dismembered and presumably buried somewhere not too far. They arrive with two other pickups and a black unmarked car up ahead. They exit the vehicle and begin taking the vehicle apart and taking all the drugs out of the vehicle. Montage of them taking the whole little pickup apart. Marco brings a wheelbarrow to put all the packages inside. They load all of them and head to the side garage of the warehouse. Pamita appears to be sweating more than Marco. Marco leads the way as Pamita stays more and more behind as if almost enjoying the raging heat. Marco. It's a little hot. Pamita. This weather is what makes a man a man Marco. I treasure this heat. That shining sun reminds me of simpler times when I would my days outside watering the grass or taking a road trip with my family. Marco. I'm a family man myself. I know the feeling about road trips. It almost seems like everyone else complains but you're still there with a smile on your face ha ha. Pamita. Ha ha oh yeah. Moments like that take me back. They enter the warehouse. The rest of the men appear from the inside of the warehouse. All of the product is spread out on the table. Alejandro enters the warehouse with a little jump in his footstep. Everyone was sitting down but stood up as Alejandro enters the warehouse and gets closer to them. He unbuttons his suit as he approaches them. Alejandro. I'm glad that everybody made it back safe. Was there any trouble? George. My guy gave me a big deal, but he probably just wanted to fuck with me. Alejandro. You should have told him you had a wife. Everybody laughs. Marco. We have about 180 kilos of sea dawn. Alejandro. 180 kilos? Marco. Yes sir. Alejandro. That's, that's good. He starts walking back and forth. Alejandro. How much H did we get? Marco. About 90 kilos. Alejandro. Well, we have to get it ready. I just off the burner with a couple of dogs looking for something to sell. This buddy of mine, he's from Missouri. And get this, he's got another friend from North Carolina also. Alejandro. 
I reached out to Frace's crew and they agreed to help with distribution which I couldn't say no to. They're good at that and always have been. He begins walking away. Alejandro. I have a couple more stops today so I'll be on my way. Villarreal, George, you all know the drill. He exits the warehouse with the door closing loudly as it swings back hard. George. Well, you all heard the man. Let's get this shit started.